April 1907. Teenager Lily Kitching sits in the family home in Grimsby on Wood Street near the harbour with her parents. Single mum, she's nursing her weak old baby boy who, as yet, still doesn't have a name. They open the newspaper and see an advert. Lily's mother reaches for a pen and paper and starts to write. A few days later, a letter arrived at the Kitchings' house from a Mr J Baker. It said that he and his wife were glad to hear from them and would be pleased indeed to have the baby. It was only a few days old and it would be easier to raise as their own. The letter insisted that the baby must be given up for life and the Kitchings must also pay them £15. There were further details. My wife, Mr Baker, also stated, has undergone an operation about two years ago and is consequently deprived of God's blessing. It was also pointed out that they were well-to-do and comfortably off. Convinced the Bakers were genuine, Lily and her mother responded and a number of letters went back and forth, making arrangements. A week later, a nicely dressed and well-spoken young woman arrived at the house in Great Grimsby. Mrs Baker. She was going to Bristol. She would have a photograph taken and sent and she invited Lily, if she was ever in the area, to drop by and see the little one. The new grandmother handed over the neatly wrapped baby and £11 cash and the visitor left Grimsby with the child. But two days later, another letter arrived at the Kitchings house. It was from the Bakers and they were demanding more money, £5.10 shillings. If they received swift payment, the matter would be settled. This rattled Mrs Kitching and immediately she went to the address that had been given in Liverpool to find out more but she was horrified to discover that it was just a letter office. Realising something was seriously wrong, the grandmother headed to the police station. And she told them what happened. But it was a tale that had a familiar whiff to the officers. The information Mrs Kitching provided was vital and the police were able to follow it up. The next day, Sergeant Moore and his detectives visited a sweet shop in Liverpool city centre. They went inside, headed upstairs and found a young couple sitting down having tea. He told them why he was there. The man told the detectives to come back in ten minutes, but both were arrested on the spot and sent in a car to the police station. Moore searched the premises and found various items of clothing of a theatrical nature. Inside a number of the garments, he found a series of keys of various shapes, sizes and ingenious telescopic designs. With the suspects sitting in the cell and still no sign of the two-week-old baby boy, the investigation into what happened hastily expanded. But what they would uncover, and the shocking scale of it, would make them shudder. The detectives were about to discover probably the biggest baby trafficking operation the country had ever seen.
21-year-old Herbert Smith and 20-year-old Lottie Roberts stood in the dock at the courtroom in Liverpool. The charges, obtaining £11 with intent to defraud and causing the death of the 14-day-old baby boy of Lily Kitching from Grimsby. But their story started 18 months earlier. Lottie, a real surname, Bourne, was working in a cafe in Shrewsbury. It was here she met Herbert Smith, a former restaurant manager and trainee pawnbroker, who was making a big name for himself in showbiz. On the circuit, he was known as the gentleman handcuffed prince and jailbreaker, stage name Leo Selwyn. He was Britain's answer to Houdini and had gained a great reputation as a conjurer and escapologist. He performed up and down the land in music halls and boasted to have escaped from 51 prisons, much to the amazement of the prison officials who watched his stunts. In fact, when he was arrested, he told the police the cell wouldn't hold him and he'd be out in no time. He was so good, he gave up all other honest work and became the handcuff king full-time. A love affair seemingly blossomed and both travelled the country. Lottie became an actress and probably worked as his assistant, often using the stage name Jessie. But she became pregnant. In October 1906, they took up lodgings in Swansea under the name of Mr and Mrs Selwyn and stayed for five weeks. And Lottie gave birth to a baby girl. An inconvenient one. They put adverts in the paper offering the baby out to nurse, hoping they would pay someone else to take on their child. They put her in the hands of the landlady, Mrs Phillips, paying her four shillings a week, plus expenses in the meantime. But... To their surprise, they were flooded with offers from desperate couples eager for a baby. Life on the road beckoned and Herbert and Lottie left. A Mrs Ball from Neath in South Wales was one of those who answered the advert and she took in the child. But letters continued to arrive at Mrs Phillips' house addressed to the Selwyns, the Smiths and the Bournes. Fast forward seven months. The defendants are standing in the dock and charges of fraud and causing the death of baby kitching are put to them by Detective Sergeant Moore. I can say it's not dead, claimed Herbert Smith, with Lottie adding that the child is alive and well. To other charges, they said nothing. Bail was refused and they were remanded in prison. The investigation, however, was in full flow. Detectives were unearthing an almost industrial scale of the trafficking of babies across the country and the deeper they dug, the more cases they found, all carried out in an almost identical manner and in an astonishingly short amount of time. And as the evidence built up, it became clear that the people behind it were now sitting in a cell in Liverpool. A conjurer and his assistant.
The Leeds Mercury, Thursday the 28th of March, 1907. Lady without encumbrance would like healthy baby. Entire surrender requested. Good comfortable home, premium, £15. Right, Baker, 60, Islington, Liverpool. It was just one of a series of different adverts that had been appearing in papers across the country for the past six months, placed there by Lottie and Herbert. They used different names and addresses. Mr and Mrs Isdale, Baker, Smith, Hughes. When someone replied, usually a single desperate young woman who'd found herself in trouble, the conjuring duo would respond, posing as a married couple unable to have children more than happy to take the child, but for a fee. Seeing that they had no option, the new mothers would hand over their babies and the money. In February 1907, a young single Devonshire woman gave birth to a baby boy. She responded to one of the adverts. Lottie, using a false name, met up with the young mum at Exeter train station convinced her with her usual sob story and the little babe was handed over along with £13 cash. The mum went home. But Lottie got on a train and headed for Bath. Here they put an advert in the paper. Wanted, would kind lady adopt my baby in perfect health. Entire surrender to good home without premium or give a few pounds about April. Right, Selwyn, 122 Western Street, Swansea. A woman called Mrs Burrell from West Twerton in Bath responded, but she didn't hear back until the following Monday morning. And a pretty young, well-dressed woman turned up at her house carrying a baby. The woman promised a weekly payment for maintenance and Mrs Burrell took the child. But the cash didn't appear. When it dawned on her that she'd been imposed upon, she took the baby to the workhouse. It's a story that seemed all too familiar now to the officials there. The assistant clerk, a Mr Glover, who'd seen many cases over the past few months, was on the track of the culprits who were now residing in Liverpool. He gathered all the information he had and passed it to the police there. Their investigation was going well. It turns out that Lottie and Herbert had been active across the country. Having found it easy to dispose of the children, by the time they moved to a furnished apartment in Bristol, funded by their exploits, they'd taken babies from mothers in Leeds, Lincoln, Charlton Kings, Cheltenham, Weatheridge in Devon, Chester, Dewsbury, Chesterfield, Wickham, Worcester, Bath, Wensfield in Staffordshire, Altrincham, Grimsby, Ollerton. They distributed these children in many more places, including London, Mould, Neath, Halifax, Sheffield. They left Bristol and continued their work in Belfast before finally heading to Liverpool. In total, the authorities were aware of 20 children they'd trafficked, but they believed that in reality the true number was probably much, much higher. But many mothers were unwilling to tell their story, let alone stand up in court and tell the world how they'd given up their children. In Belfast, the police found this an even harder nut to crack. 
A date for the trial was set and the country waited for what would surely be an open and shut case. In a stuffy Liverpool courtroom, public gallery packed and the press in full attendance, Sergeant Moore appealed for the identities of the mothers and the children to be kept secret from the public in order to protect them. The prosecutor then outlined the case against the young couple, the conjurer and his assistant, Herbert Smith and Lottie Roberts. Both were charged with five counts of obtaining money, ranging from 10 to 15 pounds, on false pretenses. But he said he also had information of cases involving 19 other children. The first female witness was called. A well-to-do young married woman took the stand, but with her was a sweet little baby girl. About six months old, beautifully attired. Lottie broke down and started sobbing. <laughs> the witness described how she and her husband had taken on the child, but maintenance payments from the defendant soon stopped. But they'd grown so fond of the little girl, they decided to adopt her. This child, now produced in court, was Lottie's little baby that she'd given up just months before Christmas. More witnesses were called, and the judge asked the prosecuting lawyer if he was going to bring any more children to the Assizes. If so, you'll have a crash, he joked as laughter rippled through the courtroom. It didn't take long before the full scale of the defendants' activities and their motive became clear. After their own child was born, they realised there was big money to be made by offering a home to the babies of desperate young single women. These girls would pay Lottie and Herbert a lump sum to take the children. Some days later, they'd often then write to the parents demanding more money. In the meantime, the conjurer and his assistant would palm off the babies at a fraction of the cost to other foster parents, leaving a false name and address so they couldn't be traced. These children were then often put in workhouses or just abandoned. From train station to train station, house to house, advert to advert, they trafficked children across the country at an astonishing rate. As soon as they saw an ad for a child, they were already planning on how to offload it. Two more witnesses who took the stand were Mr and Mrs Kitching from Grimsby. The grandparents of the baby boy the police had been desperately searching for for weeks. Baby Kitching had been missing for weeks, taken from his teenage single mother in Grimsby on the promise of a loving home, devoted parents and a bright future, and the Kitchens paid £15 to secure it. But Lily had been duped by the handcuff king and his waitress assistant, Herbert Smith and Lottie Roberts. However, it was her case that blew the lid 
on their operation. When more money was demanded from the Kitchings, the grandmother went to the police in Liverpool after discovering they'd been given a false address. For some weeks, the baby boy was nowhere to be found, possibly dead or in a workhouse. But after extensive inquiries, the police managed to trace him. He'd been fostered by a Mrs Flatters in Lincoln on the promise of five shillings a week, which never arrived. She described how she'd met Lottie at a train station and taken the child, who was very cold and suffering from ill attention. But the boy was still alive. When Herbert stood in the dock, he admitted everything. Told the court that Lottie was innocent and had only been doing what he told her. In his defence, he said the situation wasn't so black and white. He described how he'd befriended a woman in Bristol who told him there was nothing for her and her child but the river or the workhouse. Her story was an age-old one told in just nine words. A faithless lover, a baby born, a lost situation. He and Lottie had found the child a foster parent and it was doing well. In summing up, the judge gave Smith credit for helping two women in this way, but said the prisoners had, however, carried out a systematic fraud with very mischievous results. It's thought they'd made at least £166, but probably more. That's £9,500 in today's money. Herbert Smith was sentenced to 15 months in prison and Lottie Roberts, eight months, both with hard labour. But as for the fate of the children, to this day, most of them remain untraceable. Untraceable.